Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Thank you for coming today's reading for October 21st, 365 Bible studies. Going through the Bible one day at a time. Anna and I are your host of this. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you instruct us, you prune us, you build us up, and you're here with us. <clears throat> thank you, Father, for being a daddy to us. Thank you for blessing us with your love and your encouragement as we go out reading your word, Lord. You're instructing us in the way that we should go. <clears throat> we thank you for your pre-sense. Thank you for giving us sense of your presence and speaking to us and loving us. Thank you for the ability to speak in tongues for a half hour to an hour. And thank you for bringing into our remembrances, Lord, uh, things that are pertinent to us as, as living here and with you, Lord, through your word, through your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. October 21st, Jeremiah 37 to 3828. Excuse me. We are on October 22nd. I just noticed I just did this. I have it all marked down. Yet, um, thir Jeremiah 39 to 4118. In January of the ninth year of King Zedekiah's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar came with his army to besiege Jerusalem. Two and a half years later, on July 18, in the eleventh year of Zedekiah's reign, the Babylonians broke through the wall and the city fell. All the officials of the Babylon army came in and sat in triumph at the middle gate. Nergal Sharazer of Samgar and Nebel Sarsikim, a chief officer, and Nergal Sharazer, the king's advisor, and all the other officers. When King Zedekiah and all the other soldiers saw that the Babylonians had broken into the city, they fled. They waited for nightfall and then slipped through the gate between the two walls behind the king's garden and headed towards the Jordan Valley. But the Babylonian troops chased the king and caught him on the plains of Jericho. They took him to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who was at Riblah in the land of Hamad. There the king of Babylon pronounced judgment upon Zedekiah. He made Zedekiah watch as they slaughter his sons and all the nobles of Judah. Then they gouged out Zedekiah's eyes bound him in bronze chains, and led him away to Babylon. Meanwhile, the Babylonians burned Jerusalem, including the palace, and tore down the walls of the city. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, sent to Babylon the rest of the people who remained in the city, as well as those who had defected to him. <clears throat> but Nebuchadnezzar, left a few of the poorest people in Judah, and he assigned them vineyards and fields to care for. King Nebuchadnezzar had told Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, to find Jeremiah. See that he isn't hurt, he said. Look after him well and give him anything he wants. So Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, Nebuchadnezzar, a chief officer, Nergal, Sharazir, the king's advisor, and other officers of Babylon king sent messengers to bring Jeremiah out of the prison. They put him under the care of Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, 
and grandson of Shaphan, who took him back to his home. So Jeremiah stayed in Judah among his own people. That was pretty kind, huh? The Lord had given the following messages to Jeremiah while he was still in prison. Say to Ebed melech the Ethiopian, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. I will do to this city everything I threaten. I will send disaster, not prosperity. You will see its destruction. But I will rescue you from those you fear so much. Because you trusted me, I will give you your life as a reward. I will rescue you and keep you safe. I, the Lord, have spoken. Wow. The Lord gave a message to Jeremiah after Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, had released him at Ramah. He had found Jeremiah bound in chains among all the other captives of Jerusalem and Judah who were being sent to exile in Babylon. The captain of the guard called for Jeremiah and said, The Lord your God has brought this disaster on this land, just as he said he would. For these people have sinned against the Lord and disobeyed him. That is why it happened. But I'm going to take off your chains and let you go. If you want to come with me to Babylon, you are welcome. I will see that you are well cared for. But if you don't want to come, you may stay here. The whole land is before you. Go wherever you like. If you decide to stay, then return to Gideeliah, son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan. He has been appointed governor of Judah by the king of Babylon. Stay there with the people he rules, but it's up to you. Go wherever you like. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, gave Jeremiah some food and money and let him go. So Jeremiah returned to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, at Mizpah, and he lived in Judah with the few who were still left in the land. The leaders of the Judean guerrilla bands in the countryside heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, as governor over the poor people who were left behind in Judah, the men, women, and children who hadn't been exiled to Babylon. So they went to see Gedaliah at Mizpah. These include Ishmael, son of Nathanian, Johanan, and Jonathan, son of Korea, Sariah, son of Tanhumet, the son of Ephai, the Neptopolite, Jezaniah, son of Makatite, and all the other men. Gedaliah vowed to them that the Babylonians meant them no harm. Don't be afraid to serve them. Live in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and all will go well for you, he promised. As for me, I will stay at Mizpah to represent you before the Babylonians who come to meet with us. Settle in the towns you have taken and live off the land. Harvest the grapes and summer fruits and olives and store them away. <laughs> when the Judeans in Moab, Ammon, Edom, and all the other nearby countries heard that the king of Babylon had left a few people in Judah and that Gedaliah was the governor, they began to return to Judah from the places in which they had fled. They stopped at Mizpah to meet with Gedaliah and then went into the Judean countryside to gather a great harvest of grapes and other crops. Soon after this, Jehonan, son of Korea, and the other guerrillas' leaders came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. They said to him, 
Do you know that Balis, king of Ammon, has sent Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, to assassinate you? But Gedaliah refused to believe them. Later, Johanan had a private conference with Gedaliah and volunteered to kill Ishmael secretly. Why should we let him come and murder you? Johanan asked. What will happen then to the Judeans who have returned? Why should the few of us are still left be scattered and lost? But Gedaliah said to Jonathan, I forbid you to do anything such thing, for you are lying about Ishmael. But in Minotum, Ishmael, son of Nathaniah and grandson of Eliashama, who was a member of the royal family and had been one of the king's high officials, went to Mizpah with ten men to meet Gedaliah. While they were eating together, Ishmael and his ten men suddenly jumped up through their swords and killed Gedaliah, whom the king of Babylon had appointed governor. Ishmael also killed all the Judeans and the Babylonian soldiers who were with Gedaliah at Mizpah. The next day, before anyone had heard about Gedaliah's murder, 80 men arrived from Shechem, Shelat, and Samaria to worship at the temple of the Lord. They had shaved off their beards and torn their clothes and cut themselves and had brought along grain offerings and frankincense. Ishmael left Mizpah to meet them. Weeping as he went, when he reached them, he said, Oh, come and see what has happened to Gedaliah. But as soon as they were all inside the town, Ishmael and his men killed all but ten of them and threw their bodies into a cistern. The other ten had talked Ishmael into letting them go by promising to bring him their stores of wheat, barley, olive oil, and honey that they had hidden away. The cistern where Ishmael dumped the bodies of the men he murdered was the large one dug by King Asa when he fortified Mizpah to protect himself against King Basha of Israel. Ishmael's son of Nathaniah filled it with corpse. Then Ishmael made captives of the king's daughters and the other people who had been left under Gedaliah's care in Mizpah by Nebu Saradan, the captain of the guard. Taking them with him, he started back towards the land of Ammon. But when Johanan, son of Korea, and the other guerrilla leaders heard about Ishmael's crimes, they took all their men and set out to stop him. They caught up with him at the large pool near Gibeon. The people of Ishmael had captured captured, shouted for joy when they saw Johanan and the other guerrilla's leaders and all the captains from Mizpah escape and began to help Johanan. Meanwhile, Ishmael and 80 of his men escaped from Johanan into the land of Ammon. Then Johanan, son of Korea, and the other guerrillas leaders took all the, all the people they had rescued in Gibeon, the soldiers, women, children, and court officials, whom Ishmael had captured after he killed Gedaliah. They took them all to the village of Gerud, King Ra, near Bethlehem, where they prepared to leave for Egypt. They were afraid of what the Babylonians would do when they heard that Ishmael had killed Gedaliah, the governor appointed by the Babylonian king. Today's study on Jeremiah 40, 13-41-3, Gedaliah, appointed governor of Judah, foolishly ignored the warnings of assassination. 
Ishmael in the time of David may have been angry that he had been passed over for leadership and he was willing to do anything to grab power. Gedaliah completely misjudged Ishmael's character and trusted that he meant well. Gedaliah naivety, or naive, poor judgment, and unwillingness to listen to good counsel cost him his life. You might not be in a, as chaotic a situation as Gedaliah, but it is still important to be wise in every situation. Don't just rely on your own judgment. Listen to good counsel and ask God for his guidance and protection. Is there a situation you're facing right now that will benefit from additional counsel? Whose wisdom will you seek for additional perspective and advice? Be open and prayerfully about what they tell you. Ask God to show you the right path. Amazing, amazing stories, huh? Um... Let me ask you, uh, the, the, the thing is that it's so important, the Lord said to us, be wise as serpents, but as gentle as doves. Yes. Did he say that? It was like yes. that? Uh, be be um, wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. Yes, that's true. Now, it is so important that we, we become like doves because we're worshiping God, we're trusting, we're just in love. And we put our guards down. And yes. there's a lot of situations that we're involved in yes. that, that have answers to them. And we probably know the answer. And that's when the problem becomes. We think giving mercy and being and bypassing the judgment. For instance, a, a relative is drinking in your house and not paying rent. Um and the justice is just too hard to bear with, so we need to ask God for the strength and the power to do the what the Lord has already told us, the truth. In other words, get into the strength of your... You know, I'm thinking about a, a person I'm working with, with, not living here, but was coming a lot, and now... Uh, sounds to me like they're 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 at it, hiding, nipping at the at the, and not helping in the meetings, you know. And it's and what this morning I was thinking, what do I do about it? Do I fire the person or stream them along and keep talking about it? Anyway, I have situations that I need to take care of too. That I need more power. Yes. But what do you think? What do you, how how do you deal with, you know, dropping your guard? And having someone come in and maybe talk about you. Maybe basically like King David said, these guys, they, they talk, they just come to get resources so they can go out and talk about me. Yeah. <clears throat> or a week. Anyway, uh, it's amazing how, it doesn't say anything about Jeremiah, but Jeremiah was inside all those people going back and forth as one of the captures. Because you're going to see later in, in another chapter where Jeremiah comes back in and he happens to be one of the uh, the people that, you know, they they go to him and start asking him, them for counsel. What do you think? Because uh, these guys are left with a bad, a bad, Johanan is left with a bad bag of what the other people did to uh, Gedaliah. They're left, you know, and then they killed soldiers, Babylonian soldiers, so... They're in a heap of trouble. What do you think, Anna? Well, just one thing stood out when 
he was being told, you know, that did you know? Um, did you know that the uh, Balis king of Ammon has sent Ishmael's son of Nethaniah, Nethaniah to assassinate you? And then it says, and that's in number 13, but Gedaliah refused to believe them. So, I mean, I'm just trying to think of, of you know, God will send a messenger to, war- to give you a warning also. You know, in certain situations, hey, don't go here, or hey, stay put, or hey, don't travel this day, or, you know, he's he's he will send somebody. So we, as uh, people of God, need to discern what is the Lord saying here. What should I do, Lord? Turn it to the Lord. Start getting counsel from Him. Um, anyway, that he didn't he didn't really believe it that that would happen and here you know he I don't know amen um, that's you know, the one thing out of the whole thing that stood out because there's a lot of <laughs> you know it gets, it gets crazier as it goes for yes, it's, yes. it's funny it took him two and a half years to break the walls down and then when the captains came in and and I like the way the when the enemy explains to them it says this is why this happens. And now this is a guy that does not know the Lord. Mm. And he's explaining uh, to, to Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah, the, where the, where the, what's important on this thing is that Jeremiah's reward was mm-hmm. his life for right. trusting in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with us. Even though circumstances and problems come to us, if we trust in the Lord, we praise him. Though I don't understand what's going on here, like Habakkuk, but I trust you and I praise you, our reward is our life in heaven. You know, you may cry and dump, and we may even say, oh, always me, why does this happen? But if we continue to trust the Lord and bite the bullet as good soldiers, our reward is in heaven. God is a just God. You know, it just it just so happens that the luck, the more we praise the Lord, sing songs when times are good, and seek Him and get the tamaro when we have the time, the more likely we're going to have food on our table and we're going to be healthy and sleep well. But when we look at other things, you know, the, 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 the sin and disaster is creeping all the time. It's always looking to... And we can snap out of the fact that we think the devil is not... Uh, bugging us or the devil is not after us through people, through our relatives, you know, through uh, trying to bring uh, ridicule and accusations and so forth. You know, that's why the, the greatest thing that we have to fight is praise. Ha! Praise, speaking in tongue, worshiping the Lord, singing songs. You know, that's doing battle. Humming to the Lord. The most beautiful thing that we can do is 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 praise and worship Him in tongues for a half hour to an hour a day. It brings us wisdom. It brings us that intelligence that we need to cut to cut the butter, cut the mustard, to get out there and 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 be wise and have the Lord as our friend. Amen. Um, we won't keep you be leader of that point. I was trying to find where that leader told Jeremiah, 
this is, you know, I don't read this before I read it with you. I should read it so that way I can have my thoughts properly and what, what the Holy Spirit points out. You know, what is important here? Where is our salvation? Where is the Christ in the Old Testament? You know, where, where is his words that represents the Lord's salvation? And I see him with Jeremiah. And guess what? Jeremiah got money. He got his chains off. He got food. And he went to go live in the governor's house until the, the other new rebels came in. You know, Gedaliah would have been smart to go and ask Jeremiah. Yes. You know, uh, I don't understand this. This is what they said. Well, you know, Jeremiah would have said, well, you know, uh, have somebody else represent you to talk to those guys that are coming over there. You know, stay, you know. Yeah. You know, to have wisdom. I didn't know there were so many gorillas up in the hills hiding, and, and it makes sense. You know, they all took off and they lived off the land, hiding from the Babylonians to all this blew away. Amen. Okay, uh, you know, and this is pretty sad. Can you imagine how many corpses were filled in that cistern? You know, a lot of people would read this, and they would go over there with uh, metal detectors, go look for the metal that those soldiers had inside those holes. Anyway, that came to my mind, too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, honey, you're next. Yeah, you know, I, I nice and loud, baby. Yeah, I, I really like what the Lord spoke. You know, He said, "I will keep you safe." You know, I will give you your life as a reward. I will rescue you and keep you safe. So, you know, in those times, like you said, I just want to say that that really stood out for me out of this whole story. Those two things I brought up today, um, in that you know we can we can say that for ourselves now. You know, in the in these times we're in as as a nation, we can say that no matter what we see happening all around us. Where uh, is that verse? It's a number. Uh, number seventeen. Yes, it's a number. Thirty nine seventeen. Yes. Would you read it? It it says um. Let's see. Hold on. Thirty nine seventeen fifteen sixteen. Um, but I will rescue. But you. I will okay. I will okay. So he tells them what he's going to do. I will do to this city everything I have threatened. I will send disaster, not prosperity. You will see its destruction, but I will rescue you from those you fear so much. Because you trusted me, I will give you your life as a reward. I will rescue you and keep you safe. I, the Lord, have spoken. Period. Amen. Period. Yeah. So you take those words of the Lord and you got to run with those. You got to say, that's mine. You know, uh, a thousand, the way it says in scripture and Psalm 91, a thousand may fall, 10,000 on my right, but it shall not come near me. And so um, I'm just saying that's a right now word that we can hang on to. That if we put our trust in the Lord and, and not let all of these things that we see taking place, this shooting, that, um, that weather condition, you know, this, uh, the way the country is going, we don't have to concern ourselves with those things and be afraid, afraid that the stock market's going to go down, afraid that, you know, I might get robbed as I'm walking down the street. We can put our trust in the Lord because he says that he will take care of us. You know, and, and against the things that we fear. And we're all human. We all have fears. 
And, you know, the best thing to do is put our life into the hands of the Lord for the protection that he promises in the word. Because when Jesus died at the cross, that inheritance comes forward into your life. And you have, it's like somebody left you a will and they said, here, Fernando, don't worry. I'm always going to take care of you. You'll always be well supplied. I will be with you. I won't forsake you. You know, I have healing for you. If the enemy comes against you, you can you can rely. You can take this to the bank, and and that's um, what belongs to you already. And we have to remember that you know in these times. And I I can't emphasize that en- enough that you know if the Lord said He's going to rescue you and keep you safe, He's going to do that. And that's where I see that as the Jesus in in our lives today, right here. This one little verse. That's our nugget for the day. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Let the protection flow over every family under the sound of our voice that's listening to this. Grasp on to that promise of God that he will keep us safe and he will take good care of us because he's a good daddy. Amen. Amen. All right. Would you read us into the New Testament, please? Absolutely. Okay. It's uh, 2 Timothy Verse 1, 1 to 18. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we're together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother. Lois and your mother Eunice and I know that same faith continues strong in you this is why I remind you to fan into the flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you for God has not given us a spirit of fear timidity but a power love and self-discipline so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time. To show us his grace through Christ Jesus, and now he has made all of this plan uh, plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life, immorality, through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. That is why I'm suffering here in prison. But I'm not ashamed of it, 
for I know the one in whom I trust, and I'm sure that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learn from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. As you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me, even Phygelus and Hermogenes. I can't pronounce that. Um, uh, May the Lord show special kindness to one Sephorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. As you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. Wow. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. We have a lot of uh, information as far as uh, the character development is going on here in Timothy's life. Yes. You know, God's ways can be difficult. You know, we don't like giving up destructive behaviors or habits because they're painful. It's easier to, to surrender and the change required for, for change are often especially painful. Uh, you know, confrontation. Some of us would rather suffer in a known situation than risk moving into the unknown world of freedom and, and, and truth. As it was for Timothy, so it is with us. Our growth involves some pain. Like we were talking about earlier about pruning in, in John 15, that the, Jesus was talking to disciples. It says uh, that the Father will prune those who are sufficient, efficient, so they can produce more fruit. And boy, that pruning hurts, but, you know, it's the Father's will. But we can be confident that the pruning will make will be ultimately worthwhile, knowing that there will be hard times in life, and these scenes can help us uh, face them and preserve the healing, you know, and, and the healing process. We can, we can heal from a situation really, really fast, you know, where we get hurt, we feel the feelings, and then accept them. Okay, this is done with. I accept it that I, you know, treason or hurt or whatever. And then you just move on and you heal properly, you know, through acceptance is a healing quality. But a lot of us would like to stay there and re redo the hurting process. I used to like to do it with a bottle of wine up in the hill. And I would anyway, thank God for the Bible and intelligence, you know, that how we are made and how we, we develop and how we re, we re, we re, we bounce back to uh, a, a countenance of happy joy and that God is running our life. Amen. Yeah. Wow. Um, thank you, Fernando. Um, one thing that stood out about Timothy for, with Paul, I mean, it seemed like he was just so, he just loved Timothy so much. That's what I get, like a little brother, you know, like a, um, he laid hands on him and he, and he, and he 
imparted a gift to him. He already had a gift, but when he laid hands on him, that that gift would, you know, prosper. Um, but he tells him, I want you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. And, and he wants him to go in with a boldness and not be afraid to do that. He's giving him, you know, advice or counsel of what to do with his gifting. And um, that's, that's awesome to see him mentoring him because he sees that gift of Timothy, that Timothy has a very genuine faith. Now, obviously his mother and his grandmother had the same kind of faith that they probably brought him up that way. But um, it's a very strong faith that he has, but it's, it's, and, and God has given us gifts that we have. There are spiritual gifts inside of us that that God has already predestined for us when he created us. Um, from the beginning of time, he he's, has a plan for us and what our walk would look like here on this earth. Now, you know, that may be the gift of teaching. That may be the gift of uh, prophetic gift. That might be the gift of healing. That might be the gift of, you know, an evangelist. Whatever that gift is. You know, it could be just a gift of being a great mom in the home, instilling in the children and raising them to be good Christian children. It's it's our job to find out from God, what is that gift, Lord? What does it look like? Um, show me the way. Help me to strengthen that gift. But it, we we got to stay with that gift and not not believe that we don't have a gift. Everybody has a gift, several gifts. Some of us. So, uh, fanning the flames is you know. Continuing to stay in the word, learning about the way Jesus did things, staying in love, as, as we always talk about, Fernando, that's so. I remember when I was, you know, just seeking God with all my heart as soon as my world started to crumble. And there was a lot of fear that set in into me. And so what 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 God did for me was he develop that that opportunities for me to seek him even more he gave me open door opportunities to meet people that would encourage me um maybe they spoke a prophetic word over my life it, it was just it was it was while it was a time of fear god replaced that fear with faith and and as i was growing you know i, I had this you know as i wanted to step out more in faith each day i would have like this little fear inside oh how can I pray for that person how can I I don't even know the word enough and but little by little I stepped out in faith one step at a time and just continued to take small steps and to become bolder in my faith and um, it's just we got to step out in faith and try you know don't compare yourself to your friend or the pastor or whatever you know Listen for what God tells you to do. It could even be in the grocery store, you know, to pay for somebody's groceries. It could be just to encourage somebody who looks sad. Um, it could just be, you know, um, loving on a child. It could just be, you know, be smiling when everybody's, you know, trying to cut you off from traffic. Let them through. Give them mercy, you know. So it, it just really, there's little ways of, of, stepping out in faith and being kinder and showing the love of Christ and 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 as we grow in that faith not being ashamed of Christ because 
we will get persecuted even by our own family members for what we believe. And so, you know, just, you know, God give us that spirit of power and of love. And, and it says self, self-discipline. Another, another teaching, sh- another scripture shows sound mind. So we stay in that, that, um, that realm of continuing to develop our faith as we go. And some of that can be developed hearing people's testimonies. You know, when you're going through something, it, it, somebody speaks, they tell you what God did for them, and you grab onto that, and then he can do it for you too. So faith is a huge factor here because that's how we believe in Jesus. We believe by faith. We don't believe by um, sight or what we see in the natural realm. We come to know Jesus by faith, just, just, just like Abraham did. By faith, he just believed. You know, you just got to strip it all away and say, you know, Jesus died for me on the cross. I believe that by faith. I wasn't there, but the word showed me that. I've heard that. You know, build your faith. Build your faith. Because the enemy will come to try to take that faith from you. And you can't let him. you got to be, like Fernando said, wise as a serpent and gentle as the dove with others. And so that, that, I didn't know where I was going with this, but I guess I went. Amen. I went Thank you place. very much. Good. <laughs> you know, we all need encouragement. And a lot of people had given us breaks and smiles and indicators and that God is in charge. In other words, a lot of people have given, a, given me mercy. Yes. And given me uh, signs and wonders that God is there and, he, and they're full of the Holy Spirit and they're full of joy and full of laughter and joy. You know, and they kick me into higher gear when I'm when I think, you know, the world's against me and, and I'm not feeling it. So as then a lot of times is when we act our way into believing that that God has spoken to us. For instance, I got saved and I got filled with the joy and I was so happy for many, many months, you know, and then the, the life started to hit. But I remember that. So I act in accordance to what my that special time was, even though things may not be going here. But my actions is my faith. My believing is my faith. Faith should be automatic that, hey, I'm saved. I'm, I'm headed somewhere. God loves me. He'll never forsake me. One of the biggest things is the roadblock is getting over the uh, self-condemnation that's yes. coming from your habitual mind that you have a habit of speaking that's why the lord says in proverbs 3 5 acknowledge the lord with all your heart and mind and he shall direct your step what does that mean his men it means that his sense will be in your fort fort in your lobe and the lobe of your brain on the inside it will be living inside you speaking to you with common sense with proper sense, you know, he's there speaking with us. We have to, we develop that by praising him and thanking him and inviting him to, to like, we acknowledge the Lord in all we do and it will succeed. He will direct our steps. He will tell us, turn to the right or the left. He will speak to us when we need him. How many decades that I needed for the Lord to be telling me, I love you, I'm with you. You know, I always thought I was by myself that, you know, and it was so easy to, uh, I was looking for miraculous signs and wonders all the time when the small whisper voice was there 
all the time. You know, that condemnation, our brains, like Paul says, needs the transformation. And we need to pass that peace and that thing to our children instead of passing them fear of tomorrow, chaos, yes. and bad habits and yes. watching them. When they see us studying the Word of God in their peripheral vision mm. as children, and we're sitting down talking about the Word of God, we have given them a blueprint for life. When, when stuff hits the fan on their lives, they know where to revert to. Yes, because yeah. you have been, we're an example to them. There are answers, and the answer is in the Word of God. Amen. You know, it, it, it's in the Word for me. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted in us. Verse 13. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from the beginning. A pattern shaped by the faith and love that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. The easy, the easy part for us is to read the Word of God and pray. The hard part is to try to for, be in trouble and in confusion and reverting back to our own without not thanking God for problems and getting deeper and deeper into uh, anger, resentment, and trying to fight life our own way. The reason we got into that situation is because I stop doing the uh pumping the pump you know getting getting the word of god in me yeah and and considering the word of god considering this life this life teaching of the good news of life amen, amen. it is good news amen it says um for god has not given us a spirit of fear timidity but a power Where's that power, we say? Where's that love? Where's the self-discipline? Now, those are our promises for us to access. Mm -hmm. We access His power through reading His Word. We access His love through reading His Word. We access His self-discipline by being disciplined to open the Word, you know, and give God a minimum of hour of Bible study. Should be two, almost three hours, 24 hours. 10% of 24 hours is 2.4, 2.40 hours of teaching, worshiping. Amen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I right. follow the math, but uh, I think you meant 20 right. minutes. I, you know, it is Saturday <laughs> and we're going a little slow. We had a big day of work yesterday, yes, a did. barbecue and pancakes. feeding people, pancakes. It was a lot of ministry and we're just, and we come home all wound up from putting things away. And, you know, basically we, we're running a, a, like a store. So right now we're, we're recuperating. We're this is our rest day. Thank you. Yes, amen. Okay, I'll read a uh, Psalms uh, ninety verses one to ninety one sixteen. Okay. What's the prayer? The prayer says here: Remember how brief life is. Ask God to make your efforts successful and show you His approval. Whoa, Beautiful. I huh? love that. Remember you how br brief life is, is. folks. Remember how brief life is. I mean, I'm calculating. I got, I don't even want to say it, but it's, I better clean up my tools. Ask God to make your efforts successful. Yes, yes. What, are, what is our efforts? Our efforts is, yeah. is, is 
wise actions. Those are our efforts. You you know, I I just want to say that I enjoyed watching you tell yourself that yesterday. You say, you're going to be Fernando. You're going to be the best Fernando you can be today. You know, you know, that's asking God. You're declaring that God is going to give you a successful day and that you're going to contribute to that day and be the best you can be uh, as God would have you. in, in the in the ministry that you're in, so that's a great way. You know, I got to start talking to myself like that, Anna. Amen. We have what a trillion cells in us, and cells need to hear where the captain is going. You know, <laughs> I said captain. today we're going to be the best Fernando I can be, and yes. all of a sudden I feel I feel yeah, tingling, and I, I feel instructions, and I said, "You're better than that, Fernando. Today you're going to be the best." In other words. I had a dream that Dwayne Johnson was drinking vodka, and I, I told no, I don't want any. And he says, well, he goes, he tells me, if you do 30 burpees a day, you'll get to be like me, you know? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I, I did 10 of them, and boy, they were tough. Okay. All right. So we can all be the best we can be, you know, uh, that's our successful. Theme. That's got to be our theme. When you wake up this morning, you know, no matter what you went through, you got to wake you up talk with a to fresh yourself. new. You talk to yourself. You got to, you got to talk to that soul who wants to say otherwise. You know, because right. the Holy Spirit is inside of us, and that's what, that's how we roll. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so um, thank you, Lord, for uh, reminding us even this week, Lord, as we attended a funeral, how brief life can be, Lord, and and how love is important in this world, Lord, and. And, and Lord, thank you for making our efforts successful every single day. You say in your word that your mercies are new every morning. And we just receive those those benefits today and your mercy and your grace and the overwhelming love that you have for us to walk in today, Lord God. We just praise you for how you, how you ordained our life, Lord. Every step has already been planned out. And we just ask you to help us to walk Show us the ancient path and the way to walk in it. Show us the good way to walk in, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. For you, a thousand years are a passing day. As brief as a few night hours, you sweep people away like dreams that disappear. They are like grass that spring up, that springs up in the morning. In the morning, it blooms and flourishes, but by evening, it is dry and withered. We wither beneath your anger. We are overwhelmed by your fury. You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you've seen them all. We live our lives beneath your wrath, ending our years with a groan. Seventy years are given to us. Some even live to eighty. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is an awesome is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. O oh Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love. 
so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let, your, let us, your servants, see your work again. Let our children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval. And make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. Those, in Psalm 91, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you eat from every trap and protect you from de deadly disease and he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor that the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side and though ten thousand are dying around you, those evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you don't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. Thank you, Lord. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long and satisfying long life and give them my salvation. Amen. Psalm 91 rocks it. Woo! Can you just feel the, the the protection of the Lord when you speak that out loud? I just encourage people to memorize that. Speak it out daily. We need it in these times. We need to speak the word of God. And we need we to, we need to allow God to let His word come to pass over our family members and our our own lives and and t we take this word and we receive this word by faith, Lord. We thank you for your how you're protecting us in these times, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We trust you. Amen. It is necessary part of our of our development to praise God for all that He's done for us. We're proclaiming His unfailing love and His faithfulness to us. He brings us abiding joy as we experience his faithfulness in our lives. Praise and thanks should be our natural response. Our praise will serve as a declaration to others of God's power to deliver us from the bondage of habit, destructive habits, destructive habits to be watching TV more than an hour a day. You know, destructive is excessive talking, excessive talking about the problem. I work with people, and they, they constantly talk about the problem. They keep the problem alive. Yeah, that's true. If you, if you concentrate on the power, the, the power of the problem, the problem will grow. If you concentrate on the power of the solution, 
you know, the answer will grow. It's that simple. But it's just a habit, you know, that we have, we develop. And the Lord, uh, the new habit is unfailing love. It's accessing his unfailing love in the morning. You know, we're, we're, we're a different brew of people. We're not normal people. We're peculiar people. We praise them. We thank them. We don't run with the things of the world. Our satisfaction comes in the natural, uh, the nature, the love, and and the access of of God. He is our our fresh water, our our water from heaven, our river of life Amen. that we drink uh, and, and enjoy it. And it seems like we need it every twenty four hours. We need a new dose. Mm-hmm. Here we are, pumping the pump again, praising God. Amen. Take us home, sweetheart. Okay. Um. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Proverbs. Okay. Uh, 26, 1 to 2. It says, Honor is more associated with fools than snow with summer or rain with harvest. Oh, I'm sorry. Honor is no more associated with fools than snow with summer or rain with harvest. Okay, makes sense. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. Hmm. Amen. That's why when there is no, when Jesus undeserved curse could be that you know people people today believe they're cursed mm-hmm, from way mm-hmm. back there then jesus work on the cross is is no avail to the people who believe that right you know they haven't right. accepted what jesus has done and completely shield us that's what a kingdom is there's a dome over us that covers us and, and you can feel the love no curse will come to us unless we're we're asking and thinking about it and being fearful. Whatever we fear comes to us. Perfect love casts out all fear. Yes. Uh-huh. If you have fear of that, let us develop the, the wisdom and the habit of reading First John 1 through 5 through you, through you brim with God's love. That scriptures will give you an incredible love. Not only love, but resources of health, treasure, joy, laughter, benefits we have to get it deep down in our hearts and minds that we our our flesh is lazy our flesh would rather see a football game than take 15 minutes to read first john one through five in different translations to squeeze the juice out of it to squeeze the honey out of it the love the love of god comes into our through the word of written word of god and john 14 15 16 and 17 that's love to our cup. In Jesus' name, go out with joy and laughter. Enjoy this day. Be the best you through the Holy Spirit as you can be. Lord, we ask you to make us the best us we can be. Shining tea, physically in fitness, and joy and laughter. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And gold. <laughs>